hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. We learned a stat recently that you might be interested in hearing about. Did you know that Social Security typically only replaces about 40% of your pre-retirement income? Ah! (laughs) Right. And there are some pretty big differences in payouts based on when you start taking Social Security. So when can I or should I start taking my payments? Well, as you might guess, there are a bunch of factors that go into play when answering that question for yourself. And that's why you're listening to Queer Money episode 320, because today we're chatting about when and why you should should start taking your social security payments. So let's start crunching the numbers. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Gainbridge sponsors the best, including the Indiana Pacers, Indiana Fever, Indiana 500, and the Queer Money Podcast. That's because Gainbridge believes dedication is an essential component of success in every community. Visit Gainbridge.life today. Folks, you know that we love engaging with you, our listeners and our viewers. And after Queer Money episode number 314, when we interviewed Aaron Tax from Sage, and we talked about new social security benefits for same-sex partners. We got a lot of questions about social security. And you want to know what the number one question is? (laughs) When should I start taking social security? Well, that is a hard and complicated question that we can't answer for you. We can give you some guidelines, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Ultimately, though, you want to talk to your financial planner or an accountant to figure out the, the best age for you and your circumstances. We want to give you a little bit of education here so you feel equipped to go in and have an intelligent conversation. So you pick the right age for you and your partner and maybe even your family, depending upon how or you're supporting them. Right. And I'll add here that you know when we start talking about retirement and social security, folks who are in their 20s and 30s might be rolling their eyes. But the reality is, is that the more planning you can do ahead to understand this kind of information, the bigger difference it's going to have when you actually do have to start taking your social security payments. The numbers can be widely different based on how well you've done your planning. Well, and I'll add too that there we're talking a lot about financial independence and retiring early. And there's a lot, there are a lot of people in the FIRE movement who are crunching their numbers for social security as early as their mid-30s. So even if you are in your 20s or or even early 30s, this is a conversation you want to start thinking about because if you're planning on firing, these some of these strategies might apply to you. And you want to think about that sooner rather than later, because as David said, the sooner you plan for it, the more opportunities that you have. So when can I start taking? my social security payments or my benefits. There's a word that you're going to need to know. It's boring and it's got an acronym to it. It's called full retirement age or FRA. And that's the standard that the social security or IRS has decided is when you can start taking social security payments. Well, when does that apply to you? Well, of course, IRS has to make things as complicated as possible. It's the government. (laughs) So we can't answer that straight out for anybody. If you're born 1960 or later, your full retirement age or your FRA is age 67. They've finally simplified it, right? We have one date and one year. (laughs) Easy squeezy, right? So, But if you're older, you've got a little bit more work to do. So if you're born between the years of 1937 and 1960, 
Your full retirement age is somewhere between the age of 65 and 67. Wow, and there's a whole range in there uh, and there are a whole <laughs> bunch of different months in there. Uh, so it's not exactly the age 65, could be age 65 and two months, age 66 and a half. Suddenly you're speaking in fractions like you're a two-year-old again about how old you are. <laughs> It's complicated and we can't, we don't have the time and you don't have the attention span for us to, to outline this for you. So we've saved you the hassle. Simply click on the show notes in your podcast player, and that will take you to a grid that we're going to put together for you that you can just pinpoint exactly when you reach full retirement age. And we'll say here, if you were born before 1937 and you're listening to the podcast, well, first of all, more power to you. Thank you very much for listening. And Send us your picture because we want to put it on the side of a Smucker's jar like we are Good Morning America. I think it was Good <laughs> Morning America, America that yeah. does that, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. So that's that's the lowdown of what full retirement age is. And that's the language we're going to be using throughout the episode. For simplicity's sake, we're going to just assume that everybody's full retirement age is the age of 67. If you don't fall into that category, we, we apologize. We want to try to keep this as simple as possible so that you will have some additional variables to consider. But basically, the theories and the strategies will totally apply to you. But again, talk to your accountant. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. So David, can you take benefits before, during, or after you reach full retirement age? You can. And that's the nice thing is, is full retirement age is kind of basically a suggested, right? This is the time period when we suggest, or the Social Security Administration suggests that you have reached retirement age and you should start taking your Social Security benefits. One of the interesting things is there is a range as to when you can start taking those benefits. So some folks may want to be retired before they reach 67. I know I do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's, I can take it. If I wanted to retire at 45 or 55, I can't take my social security benefits that early. There's actually a range. And so that range is really kind of basically a 10-year range, five years prior to when you reach full retirement or five years after. So we're really looking at this range of between the ages of 62 to 72 as to when you can start taking your payments. Again, this applies to folks who were born after 1960. The difference between these here is when you reach full, or if you decide to start taking your payments on your birthday, when you reach 67, that's when you get your full retirement benefit. Anytime you take it before that, the amount that you get on your monthly paycheck or payment from the Social Security Administration is actually reduced. And the closer you get to 62, the lower that payment is going to go. If you take it after 67 and the closer you get to 72, the higher it's going to get. So basically there is a small deduction when you take it early, for every month you take it early, and there is a small credit for every month you take it later than that. So we're still really kind of looking at, again, this age range between 62 and 67, and for folks who are born after 1960. So everything we're going to be talking about, as John mentioned, is really kind of built around that, even when we talk about our personal examples here. So here's, an, here's the example of what it would be like for me. 
if I decided to take my full retirement when I reached 67, I would get $1,955. But if I went to the early side and I started taking when I reached 62, then I would get $1,367. That is actually a 30% reduction from what I would get when I, if I waited until full retirement age at 67. But then if I waited all the way until I was 72, I would get $2,424 a month. That's actually a bonus or a credit of 24% more than had I started taking it at 67. And it's 77% more than what I would have gotten had I started taking it at 62. So you can really see this range here, right? It's a range for me personally. This is based on how much I've put in and how many credits I have how much taxes I've paid into this system, it's a range between $1,367 and $2,424. Now for me, the situation is going to be a little bit different because I also, I, I quit working for my W-2 considerably earlier or earlier than David did. So I wasn't receiving W-2 income and we didn't get to the point in, in Debt-Free Guys and the Career Money Podcast where we could, we were contributing to FICA up until a, a couple of years ago. Now, there's another variable that we have to play into here. I'm considerably younger than David. Considerably. So I haven't had nearly as much time to contribute into the system. So that's why my skin looks so good. So when I, my full retirement age as well is 67. And if I wait to start receiving payments until my full retirement age, I would receive at this point, $1,848. If I decide to take it early, as early as when I as soon as I turn age 62, my payment would be $1,300. That's down as well, 30% from my full retirement age, similar to David. If I wait until I'm age 72 to take my social security payments, my payment would be, on a month-to-month -month basis, would be $2,292. Also, that's up 24% from my full retirement age payment, as well as 77% up from my payment when I would, if I were to start receiving payments at age 62. So again, a big range there. And it's as little as $1,300 if I start receiving payments at age 62, or as much as $2,292 if I were to wait until I was age 72. Now, if I was older like David and how much more time to put into the system, <laughs> those numbers would be inflated. <laughs> now, you might think to yourself, well, that actually sounds pretty good, right? At age 67, I'm going to get $1,955. want you to keep this in mind. When you're going to ssa.gov forward slash my account and you're getting these numbers, that's actually where we got these numbers. So again, that's ssa.gov forward slash my account. What they're giving is the projected amount that they think you will get at full retirement age based on the amount you have put in over that your earning lifetime up to this point. But that's what they project you would get in at full retirement age, right? So for me, that's 16 years out. I have 16 years until I reach full retirement age. So what $1,955 in today's dollars would be is considerably different. I did a quick calculation and I kind of assumed a rate of inflation of about 3%. I know that that's considerably lower than what is going on right now, but over history, over 10 year, 20 year time spans, Inflation usually kind of kind of sits between two and a half to three percent a year. So I went with a little on the high side. If inflation was at three percent, that 
$1,955 would actually feel like $1,220 in today's dollars. I don't know about you, but I don't know anyone, no matter where you live in the country, who can live off of $1,220 a month. That kind of really pinpoints that comment that we made at the outset that Social Security only replaces about 40% of your pre-retirement income. So it's important to take into consideration all of the factors that make up how much you're getting paid from Social Security, including the amount of money you might have from retirement savings. Exactly. And this is why we, we go on and on about the need to continue to invest in the stock market, to consider getting into real estate investing, to consider having side businesses or pers- your own businesses, because that social security payment is just simply not enough, enough to live on. Unless, of course, the government decides to change things altogether and we get fatter payments, but that's not likely to happen. <laughs> right. Well, and I think one thing that's important to remember is that the social security system was built as a safety net in case someone was not able to work, right? It wasn't designed as a retirement plan for folks. You know, when we go, when folks go to the circus, they don't go to the circus just to watch people fall into the net underneath the the trapeze artist over and over and over again, right? The excitement is actually in the, the actual trapeze act, right? So the circus was not designed for us watching people fall into a safety net. It's actually designed for us thriving. And that's what really the, the whole idea behind this was, to prevent folks from falling out of that. And now I'm picturing men in tights flying in the air. For some <laughs> of course reason. you are. <laughs> Heard a rumor about annuities? Cut out the noise by visiting Queer Money podcast sponsor Gainbridge at gainbridge.life to learn more. So what are the pros and cons of taking your social security payments before you reach full retirement age? Why would anybody even want to do that if the payout is going to be so small? Well, there are a couple of reasons why somebody might want to do that. One of the biggest factors is that you get to receive your social security payments for a longer period of time. If most people are projected to live between ages of 82, 85 years old today. So if you decide to start receiving social security payments at age 62, you have essentially 20, 20 some plus years for you to receive all those payments on a month to month basis. That's pretty significant. Now, of course, the con is, of course, that you know, you're receiving a smaller payment. And that might be a reason why somebody might decide to wait at least until age 67 or maybe even beyond that point. What are the pros of waiting until you're age 72 or sometime after you reach full retirement age? Well, of course, you get a bigger monthly paycheck. <laughs> Size matters and we all like that, right? But then the consequence is that you're collecting benefits for a shorter period of time. If still you only live to the age of age 82 to age 85, you're not collecting as many payments over time, right? So it's sort of a, David has another analogy he's going to explain here about a teeter-totter. <laughs> right. Well, it really is kind of a teeter-totter, right? If you take it early, you're going to receive less. If you take it later, you're going to receive more. But really the idea is that the middle point there is your date of death, right? And the, really the, the estimate is is that your date of death really doesn't change. So the total amount you're getting paid out really shouldn't change either. It's just a larger amount for a shorter period of time or a smaller amount for a longer period of time. In in essence, they really should equal out to being the same. No one's getting ahead here. (laughs) And therein lies the challenge with all of this retirement planning is we don't know when we're going to die. Right. So we want to prepare accordingly. So David... What do we need to consider when we're thinking about taking social security payments? Right. I think that there's a number of factors, but probably one of the big ones is to ask yourself the question, will I continue working? 
we know some folks who absolutely love their careers, love what they're doing, and they want to work until potentially until the day they die, right? They ab- absolutely love their, their jobs and they find a lot of fulfillment in that. Well, that has an impact as to whether or not you or how much you get when you start taking your benefits. So for example, if I'm 62 and I absolutely love my job and I'm continuing to work, I can still take my social security payment, but although it's reduced amount, a reduced amount, it is then reduced even further because I'm still working. Right. But the nice thing is, is that once I reach full retirement age, I start to get the full reduced amount as if I had started taking it at 62. So really kind of what basically what's happening is the IRS and Social Security Administration are saying you're making more money because you're actually getting the Social Security payment in addition to what you're getting from working. So your benefit should be a little bit lower. So for example, I'm 62 and I'm making $100,000 a year and I'm taking my Social Security payment. Payment I would get would be considerably less than say, for example, somebody who is 62 is continuing to work, started taking their Social Security payment, but is only making, let's say, $25,000 a year, they would actually receive more because the factor that is is used there is how much money you're earning. Exactly. But then when you reach full retirement age, you're compensated for the amount, the difference that you should have gotten in your prepayment, but because you were working, they didn't pay that out as early. Right. Because you no longer have that extra benefit. If you technically, you don't have the extra benefit when you were working in that pre-retirement timeframe. Exactly. So the question is, why would somebody want to do this? Well, there are a number of reasons why somebody might want to do this, but a lot of folks like to get access to their money as soon as possible because they think they can do something better with it, right? There are opportunities that you can invest it in a number of different ways, and you might be able to make that early payment grow. So net, you have much more money down the road than you otherwise would if you just waited and let the Social Security Administration hold on to that money. Right. Another factor is health insurance. It's really important to take into consideration what kind of health insurance you think you will have or you do have when you reach that age of when you can start taking Social Security, right? One of the biggest factors or one of the biggest expenses in retirement is actually healthcare. We know that healthcare gets very expensive for folks who are in their 50s and 60s and older. The reality is, is that a lot of folks while they're working have employer sponsored to some degree or, or less they have employer-sponsored health insurance, right? So if you decide to retire early and quit and assume that you're going to be getting your social security payment, take into consideration how much you're going to have to pay for health insurance because literally that can eat up your whole social security payment, right? (laughs) Right. But the other thing is to keep in, in mind here is even if you decide to delay and not take social security until you reach the age of 67 or maybe even 72 because you're working or or not working make sure that you apply for medicare at the age of 65 because there are penalties or i don't want to say there are financial drawbacks to applying after you've reached the age of 65 Another consideration is, are you eligible to receive payment from somebody else's social security? So if you qualify for a benefit as a widow, a widower, 
an unmarried divorced spouse or even an unmarried surviving divorced spouse, <laughs> you may qualify for survivor benefits now and delay taking your benefits until later. This is one of the reasons why we had episode 314 with Aaron Tax from Sage, because now this may open up a lot of people to receive survivor spouse benefits that they otherwise wouldn't have had access to until the IRS recently made these changes. And you can still receive potentially survivor spousal benefits if you're an unmarried surviving divorced spouse or an unmarried divorced spouse. Something to keep in mind. Yeah, we will probably do an episode on that that at some point because that's a very interesting topic that an unmarried individual may get social security benefits from their, an unmarried uh, divorced individual may get benefits from their divorced spouse. Exactly. Another consideration is, is somebody eligible to receive payments from your social security? So if you have a loved one at home, say a child who has special needs or you have a, a a spouse with a disability and they, and they can't work, they may be able to receive payments from social security when you start receiving social security payments. So a spouse or a child may receive a monthly payment of up to one half of your full retirement benefit. So that might be a consideration for why you might want to take payments earlier if you have somebody that you need to take care of and they would benefit from having increased income themselves. Right. I think the point here is that it's not just the amount that you're going to get or the social security payment that you're going to get, you may want to take into consideration, you may get benefits in addition because of someone that you're in, in essence, uh, the social security administration sees as responsible for, or was a partner with you in your earning years. Exactly. So another factor is your life expectancy, right? We talked about that teeter totter and in the middle is your expected date of death and how that really doesn't move. Well, for you as an individual, that doesn't really move because it's dependent on you, right? As an individual, there are a lot of things about us as individuals that determine our life expectancy, the gender we're assigned at birth, our family history, our personal lifestyle, you know, whether we exercise or not whether we have a healthy diet or not, the other types of behaviors, things like how much we drink, have we, or do we continue to use drugs or are we a smoker, right? All of those kinds of things have an impact on whether or not your life expectancy is near or at what the social security administration expects you to live to. (laughs) You also want to take into consideration the health and life expectancy of a partner or spouse that may also benefit from your payments. If they're going to end up living a long time, you might want to consider that if you might also live a long time, or if you think that you predict that you might die at a slightly younger age and they might continue long after you, you want to maybe factor in what kind of benefits that they might avail themselves to. And sugar daddy alert here, right? (laughs) If you are with someone or you're married to someone who is considerably younger than you, keep in mind during that time period of when you might want to take social security, if they are bringing income into the household, it may allow you to delay when you take your social security so that you can get a larger amount, right? Remember, think of household income, not just your own income, but your household income. They're income can add to or potentially delay you having to take social security benefits. Yes, flip the script on that sugar daddiness. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) We also want to take into consideration some other sources of income, right? John and I have talked a lot on this podcast about side hustles as a means for you to earn more money during your working years. Well, there are a lot of folks who decide to retire and they continue their side hustle or a part-time job, or they uh, have some sort of 
business, uh, on, they're entrepreneurial, so they're earning additional money that can, can carry through into retirement, as well as do you have real estate investments or retirement benefits that really could add to your portfolio and the amount of money you're paying yourself every month that could delay or allow you to delay when you take social security. Also, you want to consider if you have an annuity or not. We've talked a lot about annuities lately on this podcast. And just as a reminder, an annuity is an insurance contract that gives the holder or the annuitant, such as yourself, or even your spouse, if you have survivor benefits selected as an option, guaranteed income for life. So if you've already got that guaranteed income, especially if that income is starting before you reach full retirement age, well, you might want to just consider waiting, receiving social security payments until you're 67. So you get that larger, fatter paycheck, especially as you reach your older years. If you're between age 62 and full retirement age and already getting sufficient income from various investments, no need to start taking those payments earlier. As a reminder, if you want, listen to Criminy episode 298, where we talk about seven basics that you should know about annuities. And Money episode 307, when we talked about how to know if you should buy an annuity. I think one of the other things to keep in mind here is John mentioned annuities that give you that lifetime guaranteed income, but some folks are actually getting an annuity that gives them a paycheck during that time period between 62 and full retirement or 62 or full retirement and 72, which basically what they're saying is I'm going to invest some money into an annuity so that I have a paycheck that replaces my paycheck so that I can wait until 72 to get that larger amount. It isn't necessarily always just about lifetime income. It can be about a defined period of which you get that income. Exactly. So if you have any more questions about how an annuity can play into that or any other questions about annuities or when you should take full retirement or take, take social security payments, we highly encourage you to visit our sponsor, Gainbridge, and go to Gainbridge Education Center. I will include a link to Gainbridge's Education Center also in the show notes as well. <laughs> right. That so, is a lot of numbers, David. <laughs> it was. And as you can see, right, this there is no perfect magical age as to when you should or easy way to calculate when you should start taking your social security payments. So we encourage you to think about this, think strategically, especially the earlier you can, the better. We want you to retire and we want you to start taking your social security payments in a way that is as most beneficial to you. And remember, you can talk with your accountant about this. So now stay tuned for your quick money takeaway from this episode. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. Here's your Queer Money takeaway from this episode. The survey that many of you took showed that you're all thinking about retiring. And some of you are thinking about retiring as early as your mid-30s. And many are thinking about retiring abroad. So... We encourage you to start thinking of how to piece together your retirement income strategy, including diversified investments from stocks to real estate, small business income, annuities, and social security payments, because most folks can't rely on one source of income for their long-term financial security. Then make sure you listen to next week's episode when we dive into another financial independence topic around how to retire early and still have kids with court from modern family. Thank you and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.